This is the Homestead Journey Podcast, the podcast dedicated to the pursuit of self-sufficiency, self-reliance, and sustainability. This is episode number 59 of the Homestead Journey Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us here on the Homestead Journey. My name is Brian Wells. I am coming to you from 3B Farm and Homestead here in beautiful upstate New York. And this is going to be the last episode that I record during the month of November of 2020. And you know what that means. One more time, cue the music. That's right, folks, here on the Homestead Journey Podcast, we have been celebrating all month long our one-year anniversary of launching this podcast. Our first episodes dropped on November 11th, 2019, and so it's been a little over a year now that we have been journeying together towards self-sufficiency, self-reliance, and sustainability, and I really want to say thank you so much to each and every one of you that have supported me along the way, that have encouraged me along the way. I really, really appreciate it. And I certainly don't take any of that for granted. And so in the spirit of celebration this uh, month, we are giving away some fabulous prizes. What are those fabulous prizes? Well, we are giving away some t-shirts from our t-shirt store. So teespring.com. T-E-E spring.com slash stores slash the Homestead Journey podcast is our t-shirt shop. And so if you jump on over there and take a look at those designs, we're going to be giving away some of those. Actually, I have a couple of new designs in the works. Didn't quite get them done this week. So hopefully next week I will get them up onto the, onto the website. Secondly, we are giving away some mugs from Creek Road Pottery. Now, this is not a Creek Road Pottery mug that we're going to be giving away, but this is a Creek Road Pottery mug. And my brother-in-law, Al, has made up some special mugs for this giveaway. Very, very excited about that. If you want to check them out, creekroadpottery.com, and you'll be able to see all of the fabulous stuff that he does So if you are interested in winning either some great t-shirts or some great mugs, you can do a couple of things. Actually, three different ways you can enter to win. First of all, you can enter to win by sharing our podcast on social media. So if you share using the hashtag, the Homestead Journey Podcast, that enters you to win. Easy peasy, do that, you're entered to win. Secondly, if you could jump on over to iTunes or your favorite podcast platform, if they allow for reviews and leave me a review, I would really appreciate it. And that's another way for you to enter to win. Now, if you do that, I would really appreciate it if you just shoot me a quick email, brian at thehomesteadjourney.net, just to make sure I don't miss anyone's review. But I would really, really appreciate it if you would do that. And that's another easy way to enter to win fabulous prizes. Finally, if you head on over to our website, we have a special URL. 
giveaway.thehomesteadjourney.net slash birthday. And there's a form you can fill out there and that will also enter you to win fabulous prizes. So if you do any of this between now and December 1st, you are going to be entered to win and I will be doing the drawing on December 1st and then I will notify all of the lucky winners on next week's podcast. So again, fabulous prizes, simple ways to enter, share on social media using the hashtag the Homestead Journey podcast. Go ahead and leave us a review or fill out the form over on our website and the link to that will be in the show notes. All right, folks, having said all of that, let's jump into this week's episode and let me bring you up to speed with what we've been doing here on 3B Farm and Homestead. So this week, I actually took the week off from my day job. Now, you would think I got a lot of stuff done here on the homestead, and you'd be right, and you'd be wrong. I tried to just kind of take it easy a little bit this week on the homestead, but I also had a list of things that I wanted to get done, and I did get a few of those things checked off of my list. First of all, we are preparing to have some pigs go to the processor tomorrow. And so this week, there was a lot of preparation that went into making sure that we were ready for that, but also making sure we were ready for them to come back, ready for our freezer. So first of all, I went ahead and removed some of the tomatoes, actually all of the tomatoes that I had put in the freezer at the end of the season. uh, And in order to make room, not just for the pork, but for the turkeys that came back from the processor as well. And so then what I did is I used those tomatoes to go ahead and make some more of that seasoned tomato sauce. This is the first time I've ever done this this way. And I really, really liked how it turned out. You see, as you defrost those tomatoes, what happens is some of the water that's in them is released. And so you just pour that on out of the Ziploc bags and you are two steps ahead of having to cook those tomatoes down for hours and hours and hours and hours. What I went ahead and did is I defrosted them, poured that water off, and then I put them into our 22-quart roasting pan. And I started heating them down. And then I ran them through my squeezo to take off the skins and take out the seeds. And by doing that, I was left with a really nice thick tomato sauce really to start with because a lot of that water had already been released as those tomatoes defrosted. And so then I put it all into the roasting pan. I started cooking it down. Actually, I had to cook it down a little bit to be able to get all of the sauce in there. And then I added all of my herbs and seasonings. And one of the things I was really, really excited about is that it calls for hot pepper flakes. Well, instead of using hot pepper flakes, I used some of the hydrated peppers that we um, had ground up a few weeks ago. And some of that was our Caribbean red hot peppers. And at first I was a little worried that I had gotten too much in there because it was a little on the spicy side. But as things cooked down, it really, really mellowed out. And we were left with this really nice thick sauce. And I ended up canning up a 
full canner load, 19 pints of sauce this week. So that was really, really exciting and very fulfilling. And I'm going to be looking forward to using that all winter long because we discovered that we really like that seasoned tomato sauce. I'm not a red sauce person. I think I've shared that with you before. I, for some reason, I've just, as I've gotten older, I, I just don't enjoy spaghetti meatballs, for example, as much as I used to, or um, ravioli or, or things of that nature that have a lot of the red sauce. In fact, a lot of the time when my wife makes spaghetti, I will have Parmesan cheese and butter. I won't even have the red sauce. But I found that I really, really like this seasoned tomato sauce. And so very excited to have that in the pantry. Another thing that I did this week in order to prepare for the pork returning is I went ahead and cleaned up that freezer that quit a couple of months ago and got a hold of the repairman and got an appointment to have him come out and take a look at it. So I'm hoping that he'll be able to get that back up and running. If not, I think all of this pork is going to fit in our existing freezers. It's just going to be a bit of a tight squeeze. And so hopefully he'll be able to get that other freezer back up and running next week and, or well, this coming week, and then we'll be in business there. We also played a little bit of pig Tetris again (laughs) as we moved things around preparing to get uh, the pigs loaded up for the processor. So when I got home from church today, I was actually able to very easily get the four pigs that I wanted to take to the processor sorted out into a pen by themselves. Unfortunately, things didn't stay that way. The hog panel was a little bit up off the ground. And so the little pigs were able to sneak underneath there. And so when it came time to load those pigs to go to the processor, I had a bit of a problem on my hands. And so I had to chase the little pigs out before I could even get started with the bigger pigs. And so, in fact, before I sat down here to go ahead and record this podcast, I was in the bathroom washing pig slop, we'll call it, <laughs> off of my face. Um, and I still, I smell a little piggy. So thank God there is no such thing as smell-o-vision because you probably wouldn't care for the, the aromas that I'm emitting right now. <laughs> but we were able to go ahead and get the little pigs out. And then it took us almost an hour to load the other four pigs. It was a pain in the keister. They just did not want to load. And I got, I would get them up into the trailer and then they'd want to come back out. And so I finally got two of them up in the trailer and I hollered at my son to go ahead and grab me some plywood. And I put in a temporary barrier and, and uh, kind of screwed that in place. And then we were able to finally coax the other two up into the trailer. And it was just a bit of a nightmare. So I've got to come up with a bit of a better situation, a bit of better uh, of a better um, method of loading these pigs because it just didn't go as smoothly as I had hoped today. And, you know, every time you learn something a little different. And so I've just got to, I've got to come up a little better um, method of doing this. So if you've got any, any um, thoughts any way that you have been able to easily load pigs, I would love to hear it. Some people say, go ahead and park your trailer in with the pigs. Unfortunately, the way that my pig paddocks are set up, I just don't have the luxury of doing that. 
And so I, I really wish I did. That would be the route that I would prefer to go, but um, it just hasn't worked out um, with how I have these paddocks set up to be able to get that trailer in there so they're used to it. So I would love your feedback on any tips or tricks you have on loading pigs, um, but we were able to get them loaded up and hopefully they're not going to destroy my my pig crate, so to speak, that I have on the back of my utility trailer. It's just made out of some pressure treated and some hog, I don't think they're hog panels. I actually think they're cattle panels. And usually what I'll do is I'll load them up and just take them right away on Sunday evening for a Monday processing date. But unfortunately, because of Thanksgiving, that's just not an option this weekend. So I'll take them before work tomorrow and fingers crossed they'll be okay tonight on the trailer. We really had a great Thanksgiving dinner this year where we enjoyed a lot of of the fruits of, of our labor from our homestead and from my mom and dad's homestead. So my mom and dad came down, my aunt and uncle came down, and it really was a great time together. We enjoyed one of the turkeys that we took last week up to the processor, and folks, it was one of the juiciest turkeys I've ever had. I was a little worried that I'd got it overdone because when I put the thermometer into it, the meat thermometer into it, initially it said 165, but when I pulled up the leg, it was still pink underneath. So I went ahead and put it back in. And then the next time I put the meat thermometer in, it said 180. And I was, I was thinking, Brian, you've cooked it, overcooked it. It's going to be, it's going to be drier than a last year's bird's nest. And it wasn't, it was absolutely delicious. And all I did, I didn't brine it. I didn't do anything other than wipe it down with some butter and some Mrs. Dash garlic and herb seasoning. And it was absolutely phenomenal. My mom and dad brought some um, pickles and things like that, that they've put up on their homestead. Um, It was just absolutely a delicious homestead meal, a lot of things from our homestead, the Hummingbee homestead. And so I was just so thankful that we were able to do that together and we were able to celebrate Thanksgiving in such a manner. One other thing that we did on Friday is we actually went and got a steel barrel that we're going to be using as a scalding tank when we uh, do up one nut jack in a couple of weeks for our Christmas ribs. And so I needed a scalding tank last time we did it. We just didn't really have the right vessel to do that. And so I went ahead and bought a 55 gallon food grade drum. And then we'll be putting a turkey broiler or a turkey fryer underneath it in order to heat the water. And then that way we can dunk one nut jack in there and we'll be able to dehair him. And hopefully um, he'll be very, very tasty for Christmas. As as a part of going to get that steel drum, it was actually located about an hour away from uh, from us. And so my, my wife and I kind of took the afternoon, we went and got some lunch and just kind of meandered around. And it was dr- really a great, a great uh, time together as we kind of took it easy and uh, just enjoyed each other's company. And so I was really thankful for that. So that's what we've been doing here on 3B Farm and Homestead. I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving wherever you might find yourself. Let's jump on over to this week's Charting the Course.
Now that Thanksgiving is over and we are heading on into Christmas, it's that time of the year where the days are short and the darkness is long and we're heading into that cold and perhaps snow, depending on where you live. In fact, I think if I were to do a poll of homesteaders, especially homesteaders that live in colder climates, and I were to ask them what their least favorite season of the year is, my guess is that many, if not most homesteaders would say their least favorite season is winter. Now, why is that? Well, that's because, again, those short days, it seems like if you work an off-farm job, you're going to work in the dark, you're coming home in the dark, and it just really makes it difficult to do any kind of outside chores or outside tasks. It makes it difficult to feed and care for your animals. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about the winter watering woes and how your water just freezes up on the winter and it's just a big old pain in the butt. It also makes it difficult to do a lot of the other things that people associate with homesteading whether it's caring for your animals or it's having new animals or it's raising and growing food, all of that is really made difficult and and in some cases impossible without special equipment during the winter months. And so today what I wanted to do is I wanted to talk about embracing the suck. (laughs) If we look at winter as a very negative thing, sometimes what ends up happening is we end up with those winter blues that, you know, what they call it, seasonal affected disorder, depression, and so on and so forth. But maybe what we need, and I'm not trying to oversimplify this by any stretch, folks, but maybe what we need is instead of sitting around and griping about winter, maybe we need to embrace the suck. (laughs) And so today I want to talk to you about some of the ways that I have found enjoyment in winter and some of the things that I have leaned into with regards to the winter months, the dark, the cold, and so forth, but ways that I have found enjoyment in a season that for many people is not really all that enjoyable, especially as it comes to homesteading. So first of all, what I've discovered is that winter can be a time of rest. As we go through spring and we go through summer and we go through fall, harvest time, it just is go, 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 go all the time on the homestead. From the moment I get out of bed until sometimes I collapse in in bed at night, it's just go, go, go. And there are times when I'm out working on the homestead in the summertime and it's, you know, it's the darkness that chases me in. So it makes for some very, very long days. And so what I found in the winter is that the winter allows me an opportunity to get some rest. That's part of the reason why this week when I took the week off from my day job, I didn't give myself a list of of all of these things that I needed to get done and put myself uh, uh, under a whole bunch of pressure. Now, I did have a list, don't get me wrong, but it wasn't a very, very long one because I wanted to rest. I wanted to relax. And that is what I am finding in winter I can do. 
I can rest, I can relax, and I don't have to worry about pushing through and doing all of this stuff that I'm worried about doing during the summer months and the spring and into the fall. And so I have discovered and I have embraced that winter is a time of rest. That's part of the reason why I talked about a couple of months ago that I have discovered that I'm, a, I'm not a four-season gardener. And I don't know as I'll ever be a four-season gardener. I think I'm okay with the spring, summer, fall kind of thing and taking the winter off because I want to rest. The second thing about winter is that winter can be a time of reflection. It's a time when we can sit down and we can think about, okay, what went well this year on the homestead? What didn't go so well on the homestead? What can I do different next year to maybe help things be a little bit better on the homestead? And so winter is a time of reflection. Winter is also a time of renewal. As we rest and as we reflect, it helps us recharge our batteries. I don't know about you, but there are times when I feel a little bit overwhelmed. Now, I am the first one to admit I sometimes have a tendency to be my own worst enemy, and I will get too many irons in the fire at one time, and if I'm not careful, I can burn myself out. And so winter can be a time, again, as we rest And as we reflect, we're recharging. It's a time of renewal where we we rekindle that passion for homesteading, that desire to raise and grow as much food as we possibly can. Winter is also a time of learning. It's a time when, again, we're not pressured by having to be outside doing this, that, or the other thing until 9, 10 o'clock at night. So we can crack the books or we can maybe catch up on some of the YouTube videos that we weren't able to keep up with during the spring, summer, and fall. Maybe it's a matter of taking some online courses or learning how to can, learning charcuterie, learning whatever it is, learning how to make soap. There's all kinds of online classes that you can take and you can use winter to be a time of learning. Winter is also a time of preparation. It can be a time when we sit down and we start thinking about our goals for 2021. Now, I don't know about you, but certainly my goals for 2020 ended up kind of getting shoved aside once COVID happened. (laughs) 2020 looked nothing at all like what I had anticipated it would when we sang Auld Lang Syne back on uh, January 1st. Uh, It's been an odd year. There's just nothing. (laughs) I mean, it just is what it is. But certainly, winter can be a time of preparation as we maybe are thinking about the skills that we're learning and how we can set ourselves up for success on our homestead. So maybe we're learning charcuterie and we want to maybe do a little smoking. And so we say, okay, I need to prepare. I'm going to learn how to build a smokehouse or I'm going to learn how to uh, put together a, a chamber of some sort and I'm going to prepare to do that. So it's a time of preparation. 
Winter is also a time of anticipation. It's a time when we anticipate the good things that are going to come in 2021. And I don't know about you, but I am hoping that we're going to be able to put 2020 behind us and that 2021 is going to be a much better year for all of us. My hope is that uh, they're going to be able to figure out how to deal with this virus in such a way, whether it's vaccines or whatnot, um, but in such a way that we can get back to some semblance of normalcy. And so I'm certainly anticipating that 2021 is going to be quite a bit different. I'm anticipating that we're going to have a great year in the garden. I'm going anticipating that we're going to have a great year uh with our food preservation. I'm anticipating a lot of wonderful, wonderful things. And winter is certainly a great time for us to be able to do that. Finally, winter is a time when we have an opportunity to focus on things other than homesteading. I don't know about you, but there are a lot of things that I enjoy doing that aren't necessarily homestead related. And so winter really gives me an opportunity to lean into some of those things, whether it's music or whether it's snowboarding or whatever it is. Uh, those are some of the things that I really enjoy. And so during the winter months, because I'm not having to be outside tending to the garden, tending to um, a lot of animals because we've kind of shrunk everything down. It's an opportunity for me to be able to focus on things that I enjoy other than homesteading. So my advice to you is to embrace the suck. <laughs> Figure out how you can make winter work for you. Figure out how you can make winter or see winter maybe in a different way to start seeing it as a time of rest, a time of reflection, a time of renewal, a time of learning, a time of preparation, a time of anticipation, and an opportunity to focus on other things. That's what I'm going to do this winter. Why don't you join me? All right, that's it for this episode. I hope that you found it helpful. If you've got any questions or comments, definitely reach out to me, brian at thehomesteadjourney.net. I would love to hear any of your tips and tricks on loading pigs into trailers. That would be super helpful to me. I would really appreciate that. And I'd be glad to share that with, with the audience and let them know uh, your tips and tricks on how to load pigs. I also would love to hear from you if you are maybe dreading winter. If there's a way that I can help you embrace the suck, I would be more than happy to do so. I'm always happy to hear from you. And so again, Brian at thehomesteadjourney.net is my email address. Again, don't forget the giveaways. This is the last few, these are the last few days, folks, that you have in order to be able to enter to win those fabulous prizes. So make sure you avail yourself of those opportunities. Now, if you want to support the show, you can do so in a number of different ways. First of all, share the show with friends and family, people that you think might find it enjoyable and informational, inspiring, or maybe irritating. Maybe you just want to give your uh, your buddy um, a pain in the ear. I don't know. 
<laughs> but to simply share the show, I really, really would appreciate it. Um, and I do thank all of those who have done that. Secondly, if you could leave me a review on iTunes, um, or if your preferred platform allows for reviews, I really would appreciate that as well. Also, if you go on over to our website, thehomesteadjourney.net slash shop, we have a list of affiliate links. And so if you shop through those, those are some great gift ideas, folks. And if you're looking for some great homestead gift ideas, then you might want to check out the list of things that we have there. Those are items that we not only use here on our homestead, but they're items that we recommend. And so check those out. And if you buy through there, a small portion of that comes back and helps support the show. The music on this episode, as always, was provided by Audionautics.com, with the exception of the birthday music. So big shout out to them. And until next time, everybody, keep up the good work.